uh, there was always the uh, advertisement for Universal Studios tram ride, uh, the the Fast and the Furious portion, which is so terrible. But it was just like this Vin Diesel hanging off of a tiny helicopter. No. <laughs> the thing is, like in the context of the ride, they make they very make it very clear that they are drone helicopters. That's why they are so tiny, and he is so massive. But that context doesn't exist on the poster, and so it's just. Vin Diesel staring you dead, dead in the eye, hanging off the teeniest little helicopter, and he looks comically large. And then the you know a tram full of people are like, "Oh my god, how is it holding up his weight?" He's like, "I can't to That's right. Wow, I didn't know you had such a good Vin Diesel too. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're on the same page. I mean, I've been practicing. I've been oh, uh, that's great. I've been gargling a lot of starry. And I feel pretty good. It's really wrecking my throat. It is. It's my throat is my throat is raw. Yeah. I can take a lot of time. I it's so funny. About, you know, two or three times a year, I will mm. sit in my car on the way home and earnestly try to do a decent Vin Diesel <laughs> and then it always devolves into meat wad. <laughs> I mean, same person. Yeah, yeah, uh, more or less, more or less the same person. We, uh, yeah, I'm there with you. That's that's that sounds right to me. I mean, I've seen the back of his neck. <laughs> Some have described it as a meat wad adjacent shape. Mm, uh, pack of hot dogs, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans, uh-huh. You don't really wanna miss Pop Soccer, stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the 90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds keep it so entertaining. Hey, Pop Soccer. Welcome back to all the Pop Soccer pals out there. It's another rip-roaring episode of the Pop Culture Podcast, so out of touch that we might as well be called a post-culture podcast. Season 3 of The Mandalorian has, is finally here, and we're excited to talk about Chapter 17, The Apostate. I'm Forrest, and that's John. And John, I have one question for you. Before we start, have you noticed I have dropped the funny nickname bit in favor of the one question bit? Uh, yes, I have noticed that. <laughs> Good. I'm trying to put my own spin on things. So, you know, that way people have something to look forward to when each person does an intro. Hey, you do you. You do you, brother. You, whatever. Whatever. Gets you through a recording, I'm for it. <laughs> that's, yep, because that's what it's become. It's become a, a bit of drudgery we have to just <laughs> soldier through. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, look, I think for 139 episodes is what, 140? You mm-hmm. got fairly humorous nicknames a couple of times, and yeah, I sure. think that works. I don't One and done. Need- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we did. We've peaked, and yeah. there's no going back. And I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah, I mean, it's about streamlining and speeding it. You know, like being efficient. That, you know? That's right. Yeah, but I do and, like the one question bit because I feel like it always sets us off on a little tangent, and I'm a fan of it. Yeah, yeah, me too. 
I yeah, I mean, look, I ape everything that you do anyway, too. You know, like the last one, I was like, let me ask you a question. But then I wanted to make it about <laughs> my recalled ice brew coffee. But I really, yeah, that was a that was a great setup. You you kept it in the universe. You kept it focused, and then we really talked about, you know, just expired Costco coffee. Yeah, well, not expired. It had a bolt in it. But that's fine. oh right yes yeah the metal uh, the metal piece but we that's something we've adjudicated to death uh, on the the previous episode I what mean, does the I'm word shocked adjudicated mean well I don't I I don't I judged it to death I don't know to judge uh, to make a formal judgment or decision about a problem or disputed matter that's right we did that's what we did okay yeah, good job yeah. Forrest <laughs> yeah I mean you're the you're you're the verbose one. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the tables have a turned. Yeah, probably not. I have my moments. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, yes, I too have a vocabulary. I just choose not to use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, like you save your silver bullets for when the werewolves are around. You know what I mean? You're not just mm -hmm. shooting silver bullets off willy nilly. You know, it's, exactly. It's Fourth of July. Fire those silver bullets in the air, and then the werewolves come around. And you're like, damn it. <laughs> I shouldn't have been celebrating the Independence Day. Yeah, that's I right. I should have been trying to shoot I at the aliens was, over here. <laughs> I knew I was keeping these around for something. And now big old uh, wolf man, Jack, the radio host, is gonna, yeah. going to devour me yeah, whole. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. One. No. I, I mean, I, can. I was about to say 100%, but I say that all the time. So that's I'm fine. Gonna, that's going to so, be your thing. No, but it's been my thing for too long. I need to I need to also catch up with the times. I need to be like I need to be hip. I need to be yeah. with it. I mm. need to agree to things, but like oh. be like, but I'm not gonna say a hundred percent. I'm gonna try for this episode anyway. That's max volume. That's max volume. Yeah. <laughs> Is that something you're trying to enter into the lexicon or did you get that from somewhere? Maybe. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't I don't want to tell this to you, but that's a little bit clunky. Isn't it? That's max volume. Oh. No, I don't think so. I think it's pretty good. I like it. That's max volume. Very well, see, good. If you, if you break it up like that, of course it sounds clunky. You'd be like, okay, that's max right. volume. That right there is max volume. Turn that volume knob all the way to the right. That's right. Uh, that over there, that's max headroom. Or left. left. But that's left max volume. Oh, yeah. I had to watch that movie. There you go. Mm -hmm. Movie. It was a TV right. movie, right? And then they made a series out of it. Yeah. And you should just be like, this guy's weird. Like, yeah. I don't he, understand. He glitches out. It was so cool. I love that show. I'm just like, whoa, dystopian future. And there's a crazy computer man that's like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> yeah. I do you. I mean, I think I've brought this up before. You remember him in the vending machines? That was the one that always weirded me out. He's in the. Uh, no, I, I don't really remember anything specific about Max Headroom, except for that guy was eventually in the. I think he was in the show Eureka, and that was like the primary reason I watched it because I was like, Max Headroom is in this. <laughs> like, Ooh, can't wait. Here he comes. He's going to do his glitchy thing. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's Max Volume. Oh, man. Is there a show? Do you ever watch Eureka when it was out? Nope. Oh, man. There was that show. <laughs> Good choice, first off. Uh, that show, I mean, Oh my god! I just found out just now it ran for six years. What in the world? Yeah. Okay, oh, cool. Um, but that show 
ran out of like they it was Money? so clear early oh yes it was clear early on that they were like oh shit like the whole point of the show is that it has all sorts of crazy high-tech scientific things that we could possibly imagine in this day and age and then it immediately is dated right <laughs> like mm-hmm. everything looks like garbage <laughs> you're like this is a town full of geniuses you think one of them was like maybe a, a special effects supervisor or maybe they need to make <laughs> more industrial designers here that don't make things that look like pieces of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Max volume. That's right. No, it was not. It was min volume. I don't know. Mid- Does that work? No, the kids also say mid. That was mid. That was mid. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. Listen, I can't keep up with all the sayings and stuff out there. They need to get you a skateboard. That's what they, I think. Oh, That'll hit you up. That's right. I'm going to get a skateboard and all the pads. Because I can't. Because the other day I was putting together a dresser and I hurt my back. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story. I, I, uh, I know that came from a place of pain. That's why you brought it up. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, and I wasn't even doing anything strenuous. That's I just turned. I'm just like, oh. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like those like uh, Advil commercials. I did that the other day, and someone asked me if I broke a stick. I was like, "No, that was just my knee. The, the oh, knee no. didn't. The knee did not want to catch up with the turn that I was doing. And it was, you just heard a, oh. and it was just loud, and it just kind of reverberated off the of stuff. And oh, did you break a stick? I was like, "Nope, that's my knee. Well, I broke something. That's for yeah. sure." Yeah, I don't. My, it's true. My knees are held together by sticks and twigs, <laughs> and they have snapped. I mean, I'd be lucky, but yeah, right. That's you know what? With health insurance costs being what they are, might as well put some sticks and twigs in there. You know what I mean? Can I get any closer to the mic? <laughs> you tell me. Probably not. Uh, John, are you enjoying any beverages this evening? Uh, I well, it, it is of the non-alcoholic variety. Um, ah, it's okay. We will still put the music on as soon as I find it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I'll go ahead and fill time. Oh, here it comes. Uh, I am. Ah, yes. I am drinking an unsweetened raspberry and hibiscus sparkling water. Mon cool. Yeah. It was. I don't know. I, I looked in the beer drawer or the drink drawer and I was like, mm, I got to get up too damn early. I should, Nothing I drink. suited your fancy, huh? Yeah, no, it's it's pretty much like uh, Corona's, Tecate's, and uh, loose change, but it's ah, fine. Sounds like a headache to me. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. What and who makes this uh, sparkling water? Oh, the fine people of... Good and Gather. That's the Target brand sparkling oh, water. Oh, yeah, the Target one. Yeah. Good it's... and Gather. We spend no time on your labels, so you can save 10 cents. Yeah. It tastes like um, if it held Jello, huh? but the Jello melted, and then you sure. poured it all out, and then you put sparkling water in it, and you shook the can around vigorously, and then you sealed it. That's what that tastes like. Oh, that's fun. Uh, I am also enjoy- enjoying a beverage of the more adult variety. Um, uh, thank you very much. I, too, have to wake up early tomorrow, but I am throwing caution to the wind because my week is incredibly stressful. 
Fair. Um, hundred percent. Uh, nope. Yep. Ah, that's volume. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking a bourbon, old fashioned, with orange bitters instead of uh, Struga. Uh, and a maraschino cherry instead of a orange peel. But the rest of it is all bourbon old-fashioned. It's got simple syrup in it as well. I forgot to mention that. Shook with a bit of ice and then poured into a very fun-looking glass. And it's just been sitting here, just calling out to me. Drink me. Well, Drink my amber visage. We'll get to it. Mmm. Get to drink ah, it. yes. Oh, that is quite good. Mm, dangerously good. Yeah. Uh, that is what we are enjoying this evening. I hope wherever you are out there, you're going to pop open a frosty beverage that is appropriate for your situation. If you're driving, make sure that is one of John's patented uh, kiwi strawberry sparkly waters or whatever. It's with I it, don't remember, it, obviously. It's fine. I don't remember either. Um, but. More importantly, buy yourself a sparkling water that you like. I just grabbed one out of the fridge. Do I like this one? No. uh, Well, (laughs) that's a good good review. And also, uh, I would say look up the report that just came out about how much, like, forever chemicals are in your sparkling water. Because some are better than the others. And some are butter. That's right. Uh, Don't tell me that. Am Am I drinking rat taint? No, is no, that, you're fine. That's not a forever that chemical, natu- by the way. Is that what a natural flavor is? I'm drinking rat taint. Yeah, oh. but I mean, imagine if rat taint tasted like kiwi. Well, no, first of all, this is raspberry hibiscus. So someone who, like, I want flower flavor water. So it's already going kind of uh, out of left field on this one. But I love too. dried sweetened hibiscus. Have you ever had those? Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had teas that that that's been like that, and I feel like that's an appropriate. This this water doesn't taste like either of the things that are on the front of the can. the The dried hibiscus is like the it has the consistency of a fruit leather. Uh, it's cured in some way, but it has the hibiscus shape, so it's like eating a little crazy alien squid thing. And yeah. Nah, definitely not selling me on it. Mm, well, it's fun and cool, and uh, if you're out there and you can get your hands on one, I highly recommend it. I don't remember where I got it. Probably something highfalutin like uh, Whole Trader. Foods or something. It'll be like Trader Joe's, Aldi. I don't know what's highfalutin anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't have access to a Whole Foods anymore, so I'm. Uh, you know what? I uh, I'm back down with the rest of you lot. <laughs> What are, you talk, what are you talking about? I'm saving I, I, so much money then. Oh, I'm sure. I could throw oh, a yeah. rock and I can throw a rock and hit a hit a hit a, a, a Whole Foods at this point. I have. Oh, you lucky duck! You look, and I'm, I'm up in Amazon country, so you'd think it would be everywhere, but it yeah, just is. isn't. Well, you don't need expensive food. No, not not at all. And in fact, there's like kind of a weird halfway between a Safeway and a Whole Foods that is the Amazon Fresh store. You know, the one I just love. Can I just say, you know, I don't really love Amazon. We make fun of Bezos and his dick rocket all the time over here at Pop Saga. Mm-hmm. But I love shopping at those Amazon Fresh stores because I don't have to interact with anybody. 
except for the guy who says, uh, can I see your ID when you go in to try alcohol? Because there are, since you can just walk out with stuff, they, they have to make sure that, you know, kiddos, three kids in a trench coat aren't coming mm. in there yeah, I was and walking out with a, a, a case of Natty Light. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just fantastic. You know, you are being watched by the most cameras you have ever been watched by in your entire life. Uh, but once you get over that, the weirdness of that, and also the weirdness of just walking out without interacting with anybody, which definitely does feel like you're going to get caught the first few times. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm shoplifting. No, yeah. way they, no way they can tell I took these pita chips. Yeah. No one can tell them. And they can tell down to the, down to the you know, I take things and I put it back. And I look up at the camera and I said, you see that? I put it back. Don't charge me for these Reese's Pieces. Okay? I was just thinking about it. <laughs> I didn't want them. Don't judge me. And then the next day, Amazon's like, would you like some Reese's Pieces? We got our many cameras. Caught you and your biometric signatures. Speaking of that, though, there is like... So... In, to, in order to, if you're not familiar with one of these stores, in order to enter, you have to go to the Amazon app and you have to activate a QR code on your phone. And then you scan it when you walk in and you scan it when you walk out. And the cameras and the weight sensors and all the, the rest of the 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 um, Orwellian shit they have in there, uh, you know, tracks all the things that you buy. Um, mm-hmm. But they have this alternate method where you can sign up, you can scan your palm, and it scans your biometrics. I'm not sure what it's reading. You know, maybe it shoots a little X-ray in there, or just infrared light, and it sees your vein pattern, or something that unique would be unique to you. And you can sign in by just putting your palm on it. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not that's... giving Amazon my biometric data. Yeah, that's too. That's that's a little too much. It feels like, yeah, it feels like and, I'm going to put my hand on that. A, a little needle's going to pop up and just take a little a little sample of my blood. You're like, oh, what was that? Don't worry, Bezo needed it. What? He's yep. trying to find the fountain <laughs> of youth. He needs, he, he, that's how he stays young. I mean, not to say that he looks all that young, but he's, uh, he's you know, bathing in a, bl- just like these little these tiny little drops of blood from like, these millions of customers, you know, he li- fills up a bathtub with that. Uh, <laughs> and that's how he keeps his youth. No, I was more thinking like, that's their, the future, you know, they're going to take a little sample of my DNA. And then in the future, I'm going to, to find out there's a clone of me slaving away <laughs> at, oh, that's... A, at an Amazon warehouse. Like I'm ordering all this stuff off of Amazon unbeknownst to me a miserable clone of myself is the one packing it and shipping it <sighs> you send yourself your own packages you order oh my god that would be chaos yeah and then there's like a little note from myself in there one day help me <laughs> and then talk about i mean i'm just gonna stop talking about it right now because we'll probably be optioned by amazon to make this movie Except it'll be by about Best Buy or something. It'll be, and not only that, it'll be the clones of us writing it and directing it. Oh shit! <laughs> so it's a real, it's a real like you know, uh, prophecy fulfillment. That's fun. Yeah, we're 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 ass out of our money again. That's, Damn it, Bezos got us again. He's just he's just besting us at every turn. 
Damn you, Dick Rocket Bezos. Damn you. <laughs> and you can see him getting away in his Dick Rocket over there. It's just like the start of Austin Powers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, that's right. Everyone else out there remembers that reference. Um, cool beans. Uh, John, are you excited to talk about The Mandalorian Season 3, Chapter 17? Chapter 17 of the whole story. Episode one of season three. It's a little confusing. Yes, I'll tell you, I'm excited. I'm yeah. fucking pumped. Yeah, I needed, I needed, I needed something. It, it's felt like kind of like a, a desert, a little bit of uh, entertainment for some reason, and like that's also in games world as well. But like, sure. this was something I've been like, like waiting for. Yeah, and I should caveat this with before. Sorry to interrupt, but I should caveat this with saying, I agree, but I haven't been watching The Last of Us because I don't have HBO Max anymore because they raised the price, and I foolishly canceled right before The Last of Us came out. So I hear that's very good. So it's yeah. not like I've just not watched it yet, and I have not watched it because I've been waiting for the remake or the remaster on PC to play it. I've oh, never you're played play it. it. I want to play it. Um, I've had the partially for the first through the first one. I mean, I had the put it like this. I've had the story spoiled for me, but sure. I still want to play it because it looks pretty intense, and I'm I, I'm down to give it. A, I'm down to give it a good old college try, especially. How like are said, you at stealth games? Oh well, Metal Gear Solid's one of my favorites, so you're gonna be great. It's a yeah. very stealth heavy game. That's why I was so bad at it, and I, I ended up quitting, like, I don't know. I got fairly far in the first one, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the Arkham series, Metal Gear Solid, Assassin's Creed. Arkham was very forgiving, though, for the most part. Like, you... Like, stealth always paid off better, but if you got into a scrape, you did pretty well. <laughs> well, that's... I mean, you are Batman at the end of the day. No, but, yeah, that's the thing for me. If I, like mess up on a stealth part i won't fight i'll just let them take me out so i can restart it oh because, uh, <laughs> that's how committed you are huh well, that's I'm a, a true fucking... metal gear fan over here yeah oh totally man i'd be hiding left and right waiting for people hiding in boxes doing all that shit too so yeah i i wait to be fair though when i played metal gear solid 5 i was like oh, okay i feel like it i know this is in the past but this snake is getting tired of crouching in like the trees. He's just going to go loud, just start shooting everybody left and right. And <laughs> that's what I did. So, um, yeah, let's that was a game. fun one. It was until like it fell apart. Like yeah. when you could be like, oh, where'd Kojima go? Oh, oh, I, right. just, I understand. It seems like someone might have locked him out of his office. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the finish is stopped, but it was an enjoyable one. So I want to play it. So I've not watched Last of Us. I, I we did discover another show. We watched that, but it's been a a, a desert. So knowing that Mando is coming up, I, I've been super excited because I've been looking for this kind of this version of a Star Wars show for a little while now. Yes, yeah, I was, you know, you know how my tepid response to Andor, contrary to everybody else loving it, but man, this is exactly what I, this is what I love about Star Wars, and I was so glad to see it come back. 
uh, was just like a bunch of alien weirdos. We got humor. We got action. We got a, like going to different crazy planets. It was. It felt very much like the things I value the most in 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 a Star Wars. So I was super happy to see it uh, return. You know, I, I watched. In preparation for this, I did the rewatch of uh, Mando and a, a little bit of Bobfa. And uh, man, season two point five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was sort of shocked on rewatching the last episode of season two of the Mandalorian again. How bad the music is in the part with Luke when he shows up. Yeah, and uh, I did the same as you. Subsequent rewatch, but uh, continue mm-hmm. with that. I just, well, I don't know. It just was wow. It hit really different for me this time, like a can of Starry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I it was just it was so because I you know and I think the problem was that I had seen a cut that somebody had done on YouTube where they put that music they put that scene to a John Williams score. And it was just so incredible. It really was like majestic and it swept me away and it was nostalgic and wonderful and action filled and, and, and just spectacular. And then the music in, in the actual version is so low key for what's happening. Like I remember being so jazzed in that part. And now that I know what is actually happening and the, the surprise is gone, I'm just like, this feels like such a crazy misstep. <laughs> It's so, it's so weirdly serious and somber and like, I don't know. The remake, the whoever did the recut with the John Williams score did a, a much better job. But uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's, I, I paid attention a lot more to it. I've actually been paying a lot, a lot more attention to the music on my second rewatch as well. But in this one, I didn't mind it because I think the impact was more for you to see uh, Luke than it was for you to um, like kind of listen to what the the background track is. To be fair, look, I'll take John Williams anything over anything else if I have my druthers. But I, I didn't mind it so much. But it, it it definitely lost a little bit of its pizzazz. Yeah, uh, and that doesn't really even. I mean, at least to me, that doesn't even feel like an excuse, right? It's like, yeah, you could take all the music out, and it would be something. It would be interesting, and you definitely are focusing on what's happening. But it's like the music is almost seems contrary to how uh, incredible this scene feels to watch. Uh, so it was just weird. It was I didn't I wasn't expecting that. I didn't have any opinions about it going into it but i was like "Ooh, wow what, what a misstep and i'll just i i just want to say for the record that the mandalorian motif the 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 sting where they go really operatic like really orchestral uh is one of my favorite bits of new star wars music that is not john williams based uh obviously john williams is just keeps knocking it out of the park you know ray's theme is one of the best star wars motifs in my opinion and but outside of john williams that like that is like one of my it's like so quintessentially western and star wars at the same time it's max volume yeah it's max volume yes it is like 100 percent max volume so 
I was just surprised, I guess, that they didn't kind of tap into that same vibe when they did that scene. But, uh, but man, that episode of Boba Fett is such a great Mandalorian episode. <laughs> the first one uh, is just something else. Um, I, 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 you know, on the rewatch, and when I went to Bopfa, um, you, you'll be proud to know that Tanya sung your theme for Bopfa. Oh my god, that warms my heart. Thank you, Tanya. I'm so I'm legitimately embarrassed that I did that, Uh, and so I'm so happy that 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 is at least made an impact on one person. But if you just watch from the Mandalorian parts to the uh, you know like the last three episodes, pretty much not that bad of a show. Not bad. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely does. You're you're definitely like oh okay not not too bad not too bad. Uh, I, mean, I mean, think about it. The show ends with Mando flying away. Yep. <laughs> you know, sitcom finish. Mando's taking off. He bombs off through space, and that's it. And you're just like, well, all right. I guess it's all right. That's a good. Yep. Thing. Everyone's like, everywhere you look, everywhere you, there's another breakcore. Um, a chance over there. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah, fun. Like I liked the the way they went to Typhon or wherever, and it was like L A. L A. The Hollywood Hills of the Star Wars universe. Fine, everything's everything's fun. The guy gets killed by a big boulder, Indiana Jones style. Fantastic. Oh, and he smashes the when uh, Boba smashes that dude's face with a gaffy stick, and it just the the. Stormtrooper mask turns to powder, and you're like, "Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh god, he's so cool." Yeah, he really probably cooler in that episode of The Mandalorian than in any episodes of of Bob Fa. Uh, yeah. But whatever, yeah, what, I mean, who would, cares? I mean, forget you know riding a rancor. That was yeah. as cool as him doing like the putting his knee up in one, uh, knocking one thing, and he's just all like, "It's my home." Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I'm for it. And then after a while, you're like, man, maybe you should have let Cobb yeah. keep it. It's funny too, because like when he when he he just kind of like sneaks off and gets it right before the razor, razor crest is destroyed. Definitely on second viewing, you're like, that's the way that this worked out is very funny because you could easily see him just being in the razor crest when it's blown up from orbit. <laughs> I mean, like, especially since it's kind of missing the, like, whole jumpsuit and stuff. You had to figure out how to attach some of that shit to him. You're like, hold on. I'm wearing baggy pants. Oh, this I've got some bobby pins. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some sweet uh, space safety pins. But um, I got some Mandalorian zip toys. <laughs> It'll stick off. It's funny, though. If you go into, you know, in Disney Plus, they had, like, a whole watching order before you watch the new episodes of Mando. And uh, they just, they literally are like, all right, and you do all the way up until the end of season two, and then you start up on Boba Fett, like, just way into it. They're like, don't watch any of the rest of it. We know you're not going (laughs) to just watch these three. It's like, it's not going to help you. Yeah, just watch those three. And then you get like, wow, these are fun episodes. episodes." And I know you're not the biggest fan of the uh, uh, Nabooian Starfighter there, but. I'm not. I still, I mean, it's fine. The N1 Starfighter is fine. I just, you know how I'm feeling about Star Wars at this moment. I'm like, I like the nostalgia. 
a little bit, but I'm really anchored for for expanding the universe and doing new stuff. And the N1 Starfighter feels like a real step backwards because the Razor Crest is one of the coolest Star Wars ships that they've made in a really long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm back to HasLab. I got a Razor. I literally like the the HasLab thing passed, and I was like, yes. And then all of a sudden that week they blew it up. I was like, what? Come on, bro. I just I just bought one. I hope we're building to getting it back someday, but uh, that kind of like those two points sort of lead us very elegantly into the opening of uh, of Mandalorian season three, chapter seventeen, or season three, episode one, however you want to say it. Uh, and uh, we open on oh, wait, wait, hmm? spoilers, spoilers, oh, double boilers. I don't know how deep we're going to get into it, but just secrets I, I'm not trying to deal with the witch giving me a call. In the rights and Last time we skipped, I got a call from a spoiler witch. Has okay, been don't want that. I don't want that. Be safe like what? Uh, like well, remember when you were talking? I was like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yes, John, remember. Don't you do it again. Goodbye. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, uh, Spoiler Rich. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you what you do. Um, but uh, so we open on an unnamed planet uh, that, you know, it's got some rocks and it's got some water. <laughs> uh, and uh, we see the armorer doing some, some, you know, what she does best, armoring doing a little bit of forged in fire right at the start i mean <laughs> they knew they they knew they had me i was like oh there's a forge there's something being made i just can't wait to see what judge dave baker thinks about it and, yeah uh, and, yeah she got like a she got a cool stop sign from somewhere and she's gonna pound it out into a into a helmet uh i did notice a continuity error in this first little opening bit oh uh, uh, what did you notice uh well the armor she uh she takes out that that disc of whatever metal I guess that's supposed to be Beskar it just looks didn't really look like Damascus steel like Beskar usually does uh but she uh you know she's hammering on it and it's getting all bent out of shape you know it's it's starting to look concave and then they cut away and it's straight again and they cut back and it's more concave so they uh, a little bit of a continuity error there I'm watching you Favreau. Damn, well, now I can't like this episode anymore. No, no, it's got to come. You, you ruined it. I, I thought oh, they were error-free. Yeah, they were, I, you thought they were airtight. Uh, yeah. Didn't It wasn't the case. Uh, but it turns it's it comes to light fairly quickly that uh, she's making a little helmet. <laughs> a little helmet. And I don't know how about you. Uh, but this helmet felt extremely plasticky when she was done plate, uh, painting it. Yeah, it looks like the, um, my old Boba Fett, uh, helmet I got from, like, yeah. many moons ago. Yeah, it looks like a kid's helmet, almost. Uh, it is, it's very, I mean, the T-visor's really big, and it's already painted, you know, in, I guess, Vizsla colors or whatever, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it looks like... They they are saying we're gonna take this helmet, and you're gonna see it on shelves coming this holiday yeah, season. It did, it did really look like at the, at the end of the episode they're gonna be like, and you can buy this helmet today. <laughs> it's available for purchase at the store. 
I mean, I would have if they would have been like, hey, guess what we got? I'd be like, yeah. I mean, yes! you're not wrong. Yes, yeah, I'd have got it. I was like, that's a cool looking helmet. I'm gonna send you the. Uh, I'm gonna send you a picture of the helmet I'm thinking of, just so you have it in context and tell me if I'm lying. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's very similar. Yeah, wow. Yeah, as the T visor especially is like sort of similarly proportioned, and it has that same sort of like uh, the non-metallic matte plasticky look that this one had. Here's a, here's a question I have for you, John. Now, obviously, mm. we know people can uh, we know people can can or the Mandalorians must be able to take off their helmets when they're by themselves when no one else is around, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you uh, got that in season one. He does it. Right. When he's eating the food on the planet. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. So we know that that's part of the whole the whole deal. As long as no one's around to see it, you can take your helmet off. Uh, but the armor is very clear. Like you will wear this helmet, and you'll never take it off for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I'm like, but he's gonna his head's gonna get bigger. You know that, right? <laughs> he's gonna have to get a new helmet at some point. Maybe it moves with him. <laughs> You're saying it morphs? Yeah, as maybe it grows? it's got like yeah, maybe it's got like you know like a, a, a lycra in it or something. It stretches. Oh yeah, sure. It's got little seams and it stretches. Yeah, I wonder. Going, and then the visor gets small. The T shape gets smaller as his head grows bigger. Sure. I mean, granted, granted, you couldn't put a giant, <laughs> put a giant helmet on the kid and expect us to take it seriously. It was just funny because it does kind of sound like she's saying, "This is your helmet forever." He should be like, wait, I ha- I have to wear a kid's helmet. What what happens when I get old? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. There's something you don't don't know about the lake that you're about to find out. <laughs> what happens if I'm like six foot five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry yeah. about it. Well, Listen, you don't know the life expectancy for a Mandalorian is not great these days. <laughs> so just enjoy it while you can. Yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky. We found this place. This 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 cove. Now. The the one thing about this ceremony was the um, when they put the helmet on the kid, mm-hmm. you hear a like yeah. this hermetically sealing thing, yeah. with, and I'm like, no, that's uh, none of your helmets are like that. None of yeah, none of them have that chin part. Like, there's no like any of that. Why does it make that sound? Did you also put his hair's hanging out of the back? Yeah, it's not like I don't know how this is hermetically sealed, but yeah. it's not. So, it's dope. a fun sound, but it, it does suggest something that it's hard to believe. I agree. Yeah, and it's like, just funny too because like we were, I was watching it with my wife, and she was like, "Wait a minute, aren't they going to cut his hair before they put the helmet on if he can't take it off?" And I was like, "Oh, good point. It is kind of just hanging out of the back there. That's not a look you usually see with Mandalorians." Yeah, maybe they're getting a little lax on their rules. A little yeah. lax, you know? They, they, they are living t- in a cave after all. They had downgraded several times. It feels like. Yeah, I mean, what happened to the whole uh, under uh, ring world? Yeah, that seemed like a pretty good gig. You take an yeah. elevator down there, got your ring world, and then they're like, nah. Yeah, we, we found a, a cave and a, a beach and apparently really big <laughs> alligators. <laughs> we did not check it. We did not check it once for an alligator turtle. Yeah, our, uh, our, our bad. Yeah, whoopsie doopsie. Uh, the alligator tortoise did not realize it was on this planet. 
now, I want to say for the record, I know this is going to probably be hard to believe since I've kind of been ragging on the episode nonstop since it started, but I really like this episode. So if you hear me kind of, I'm just jabbing it because it's kind of fun. And on repeat watchings, a couple of things uh, jump out, but I'm not, I don't want to, you know, I, I thought it was a good episode overall. But that being said, this creature design was very disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, honestly, I felt like that a, a couple of times in this episode. And Ooh, uh, interesting. I would love to hear, I think, if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, I think we may diverge on that fairly fairly uh, widely, but it just didn't feel like a Star Wars creature. It was, yeah, it was an alligator be. turtle. Yeah, it was a little too much of the inspiration and not enough uh, uh, change to it. Yeah, it was like yeah. someone took a morph tool or something and just like, because it seemed very much like an alligator and a turtle, and it even did the alligator rolling over thing. Uh, anyway, I was pretty pretty bummed about this creature design, because we got, so, I mean, Star Wars has given us so many wacky, crazy creatures that don't really put you in mind of anything real. Yeah, I don't... <sighs> It's tough because you're, you know, you are yourself are asking for a balance of like some new things with, you know, that nostalgia feeling. And this sure. is like an attempt at it. But yeah, it just, it, I, I, look, I'm with you. It didn't feel like, I was like, eh, what is this? Why is it an alligator? Why is it, 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 it just was not, an, not enough visual differentiation. Uh, for me to be like, okay, this seems credible. Also, it really does feel like it came out of like left field. Like <laughs> yeah. the whole time they were there, that thing has never showed up. And then today was the day that it was like, well, I'm gonna eat these these this, this canned meat on a beach. Yeah, this and, they, this can't be the first time this happened. They did this ceremony. They they looked like they had it kind of all planned out. Yeah, or I mean, I guess maybe this is the only kid. That kind of tracks, right? Oh, yeah. Like there were several yeah. other kids there, though, but I suppose they could have gotten they could have gotten their ceremony in a different place. Maybe they're moving around from place to place. This is their first day at the cave, and they're like, oh, jeez, what a neighborhood. Yeah, like, do you think it was just like that was the Ala Turtles home <laughs> like that they took over? Like, they just popped a squat in there, and they're like, yeah, yeah set up the forge over here, put the yeah. Mythosaur school yeah, maybe. up here, and then all of a sudden he's like, hey! What are you doing in my house? There's my yeah. house. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would certainly make sense why the why the crocodile, where I, or sorry, the tortoise croc is so mad, or the tortigator, I guess. I, I uh, mean, look, I know that's not the reason why I chose that. That definitely wasn't it, but it feels like that could have been it. Yeah, I, I mean, they certainly don't try to run inside the cave, which seems like that would have been move number one. <laughs> but because really, I don't know. You know, this part, them fighting this uh, tortacroc or whatever you want to call it, uh, really was like, well, you know what? I kind of get it that they were wiped out. <laughs> it makes you it makes you wonder, like, how many of these uh, Mandalorians were like from like the space Craigslist? Yeah, yeah. Are they are they really scraping the bottom of the barrel in terms of their like uh, their acceptance policies these days? Yeah, like uh, how, like how like there seems to be three of them that could fight. 
Yeah, and then yeah. they were, and even then, they took a real long time to take to the skies. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I did like that one shot with like the GoPro strapped to the man. That was really cool. I, I enjoyed that, but um, yeah, they were getting taken out real quick, and you know, if some of them have them rockets on the the their backpacks. I don't know why they didn't shoot that shit at them, um, or flying yeah. to its mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one did else. that. No one did any of that stuff. Uh, they just like very ineffectively. I think my favorite part of this fight is when the armorer goes in to rescue someone and then tries to go at it with her, her hammer, her, yeah. her hammer, and, and like her blacksmithing tools. And it's just as as ineffective as you would hope. Yeah, I mean, I've been like, ooh, that seems like a. I mean, look, I applaud the effort. You're taking care of the 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 the, the young one. I'm going to give you that, but I wouldn't try to hit Godzilla with a hammer. No. Um, I'm not swinging a giant. I'm not swinging that or a, a pair of giant pliers at him or something like that. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Uh. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting, but I, I think to your point about that shot, there's a lot of really cool shots in there and here. And uh, this was directed by Rick, uh, and I'm going to just butcher this last name. I'm so sorry, Rick. Uh, but uh, Femiwa, Rick Femiwa. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I tried. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, he puts in some really interesting shot compositions, and I think overall this episode is directed quite well. Um, there's just some fun, funny story stuff I think in there that it's just like, uh, I know it's all set up so the Mando can come back with his N1 Starfighter and just blow the literal guts out of this thing. <laughs> just like it's the goriest I think I've seen on Star Wars in some time. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, lots it's, of little giblets flying everywhere. Yeah, I mean that I that I appreciated though. I was just like, what if again? You know, the force works in mysterious ways. What if he it never showed does. up? They, yeah, they, they, that, they would all been dead. <laughs> there would have been a lot of, there would have been a lot of uh, can Mando uh, <laughs> on that beach. That's for sure. Um, I do also speaking of the direction of this movie, I love the part where uh, the guy in the jetpack sort of swings laterally, like moves laterally down to knock the kid out of the way and and save his life. Uh, that I know it's like he was on a crane, but that looked cool as hell. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the jetpacks are real, and it totally worked. <laughs> I, I believe it 100. You're like, I need to get me, I need to get me one of them rocket packs. I yeah, start knocking people out of the way when I'm going to the lunch line. And my super ineffective <laughs> Gatling laser, uh, laser gun. But um, it's this whole scene I thought was very funny because it felt like it was put into the story because they did not have confidence people would have watched Boba Fett. <laughs> I 100%. Oh, no, that's max volume. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you agree. I agree. Yeah, it is max yeah, volume. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I was like, this is for the people who did not watch Bobfa. Yep. Because like, this is like word for word the discussion they already had under the ring world. Because I just saw it. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, nope, but remember, you took your helmet off. It's like you already had this. And then like you gave him the solution. He's like, cool, I'll do it. 
uh, you already had this entire exchange, but like you need to have it again because people are like, ah, we can't. I heard. I've I've, I've read some reviews. I couldn't bring myself to watch it. Yeah. And you know, their friends were like, but dude, like episode like uh, five or six, whatever the first one he shows up is so good. It's like an episode of Mandalorian. He's like, no, nah, I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> and you know what? It's probably a good move. It kind of it is funny though that it it makes certain parts of those episodes a little bit repetitive, but it doesn't matter. I mean, like they rehash that thing and then the stakes are set. Uh, the Mando is off and we get our first Ezra oblique Ezra from Rebels reference. Yeah. Hyperspace whales. Yeah. We're getting the Pergil. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, this is what I'm talking about. We're getting, again, a very beautiful shot of them traveling through, like, hyperspace and kind of seeing it through uh, Grogu's eyes, you know, as he's Yeah, because Mando's asleep. You don't see it through his eyes. He's he's conked out. Yeah. Uh, I bet he really wishes that he really misses the Razor Crest on long hyperspace. <laughs> like Holy this. shit. That, I mean, there's a point before where he used to just crawl into that hole. Yeah, on his ship, he had a bed, you know? he had a bathroom, he had a yeah. bunch of funny hanging carbonite dudes he could laugh at. Yeah, a bunch of things. It, before he ended up, you know, getting Grogu, he probably had it pretty good, but now it's just like, I'm sleeping in my Hyundai Daily City. Yep, <laughs> yeah, he's just cramped in there. Grogu's got some weird tunnel he can pop out from wherever he wants. That's fun. Oh, I mean, I love, it was, oh, that was, I love that. Like yeah. it was, it was cheesy, but it was good for me at the same time. It was really, it was really endearing. Yeah, so, and um, I think, I, like I, like you said before, I'm not a huge fan of the N1 in this context, and I don't like that it replaced the the Razor Crest. But I do think it kind of the N1's performance in this episode kind of makes a case for it. You know, what I mean, like, I feel like they had this in mind. Yes, when they were when <laughs> they, they had were this like, little bit of critique in mind. Yeah, they were like, "Hold on, one second. They were like, mm, as they're writing season three, and they'd be like, "Man, he needs a smaller ship or some shit, right?" And they're like, "Well, let's blow it up, <laughs> cool, and then let's give him the hot, you know, a hot rod in space yeah. just for this episode because it, it, I, I, I mean, look, you you call me a mark here, but when it when it gets made, I'll probably be buying one." Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's. I, I'm with you on a sense that the Razor Crest was a nice new original design that feels like it has been a part of Star Wars forever since day one. It was. It, I honestly felt like it was a masterclass in designing a ship that just feels like it belongs. And getting those new ships or new iterations is always exciting because it just adds to the mythos. Going back to, uh, you know, this uh, Starfighter that, I I mean, I liked it. It's one of the few things from the prequels that I really like where the Starfighters going back to it's kind of like, yeah, but at the same time, if it does cool shit like this, I'll be, I'll, you know, I'll watch a few episodes with it. Yeah, I mean, of all the designs in the prequels, I think the N1 Starfighter is the only one, all the Naboo fighter actually designs are the ones that really stick in your memory. The other ones are sort of derivative and not super memorable, but this is a this is a classic Doug Chang design. Uh, it's nice to pay homage to it. It does look like the Homer 
car from the Simpsons a little bit with that bubble in the back. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, I agree. It's a classic silhouette, hard to be mad at it. Uh, and it does do a lot of cool stuff in this episode, but, um, they're, they're going back to Navarre, uh, which these days is looks so much like galaxy's edge. I was like, why aren't you just going to black spire outpost at this point? I was, I was surprised that this wasn't like, I'm almost surprised they didn't set it on like Batu or you know, whatever it is yeah. that the Black Spire, like they should have, and that would have been cool. And then it would be like, oh, I've, I've seen this on the show, and now I can go visit it. You think yeah, they but- would go? They would go there just for one, just do like a little bit part where they go to Black Spire. Uh, I get why it has to be Navarre, but it is funny how Navarre now looks like Space Santa Barbara, or it looks like an outdoor mall in Space Santa Barbara. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of, you know, it kind of works like it's, well, it's a little, it totally dis- works. Yeah. you know, it's like a little disconcerting initially when you think about it, because you're like, well, this is a lava planet, right? Like, or there was lava fields. Why is all this green? But of course, after lava hits and it, 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 it hits the ground and all that stuff, it turns the ground into super nutritious, like, you know, sure, plant yeah. food and stuff. So maybe that was the ins- inspiration behind it. I was just more like. How grief get all this money to make this town like this big now? Like, what, what's 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 the grief doing? I have heard they don't really cover it, but there's actually been a huge time jump between the last time we saw all of our friends in this new season. Uh, that's why the Mandalorians have like a bunch of kids, and uh, Navarre is all built up and stuff. Like, it definitely has that boomtown feeling, which I really enjoy. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, I like all the, like, I like the Kowaki and monkey lizards all hanging out in a, a tree. Uh, Gross. Uh, yep. <laughs> I like all the the different aliens and droids that we remember. And uh, and I really love uh, High Magistrate Karga's uh, wardrobe. Uh, fantastic costume design. Really loved it when he showed up. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a befitting of that uh, title. Yes, high then, magistrate Karga that he keeps yeah. having to remind people to call him, which I thought was a, a really funny gag. Yeah, especially when you have the um, the little two little droids mm-hmm. uh, holding his uh, cloak up. Oh my god! Yeah, they were carrying his train. So fucking funny! It was yeah. such a great little. It's such a great little uh, detail, and I do love that they've memorialized uh, IG Eleven in a way that is almost makes no sense. I mean, it makes sense in sort of the, the fiction of the town, but it, it it, like, it's just funny that, that, that that exists at all. It exists for a very specific reason. We find out later in the episode, but uh, it was a fun detail. Yeah. I mean, that's most of this uh, episode. Yeah. And I mean, look, uh, before anyone gets into it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Things have to happen at that moment to the, the propel or move someone forward or whatever is fine. But sometimes it's just like, man, there's a little too much coincidence going on around here. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of, that's how the stories in Star Wars in general operate. They operate on a bunch of just like insane coincidence. Yeah, but why do I buy into that? But like this one was like a little bit less. I was like, okay. <laughs> what, what are you referencing specifically? So like the... IG eleven. I was like, didn't that thing blow blow up? It like, really it, did. It, it, if it blew blew up, why is 
more of it intact than I imagined, especially the part that had the bomb in it. <laughs> the bomb in it. That's totally there still. Yeah, he got like a uh, a foot and an arm blown off, it seems like. But in general, it's pretty well for the size of the explosion that they made sure to show in the, the previously on. Yeah, I mean, it was like in its chest and it came out and its whole thing was like, I can't be captured. So the manufacturer made it so I just blow up. So if the manufacturer did that, they didn't do a very good job either. Yeah, all his important parts are still there. <laughs> like you did a bad job. Yeah, like you probably care. You probably don't really care about the arms and legs. What you care about is that that, that brain pan. And here yeah, he is, exactly. just fine. It still exists. Yeah. It's no problem. Yeah, I. That is funny. I I definitely did think about that. It's kind of I was being swept along with the story, so I didn't really dwell on it all that much. But I do agree. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's it's an interesting coincidence. Very. Uh, I guess we'll we don't really see the result of this coincidence or why it's important. Uh, this yet, episode anyway. really. Yeah. But yeah, you have to imagine we will soon. Um, uh, but uh, it turns out that uh, yeah, grief uh, has been doing quite well for himself, and he's got an offer. He's just saying, "Hey, I can give you land. You can become a landed gentry." Well, lots of fun old timey phrases in this episode that I really liked. Uh, because uh, oh, I'm an apostate. Another fun old timey word. Uh, but uh, grief wants him to settle down and just have a nice, peaceful life. But he can't do that. He has to go bathe in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and become uh, and become forgiven. Um, so he has no time for this. And I guess it's interesting. I think they they don't say this directly, but I assume he, the reason he needs a droid is to go check if the planet's poison before he goes steps foot on it. Right? Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, a little uh, canary in the coal mine. Yeah, um, I don't type of approach. Or, yeah. Or is it because he needs someone to watch after Grogu? I couldn't quite understand what, why he was so insistent on this. I know he doesn't trust droids in general. They kind of like, they were hitting on that pretty hard of the original episodes of Mandalorian. They kind of let it fall by the wayside a little bit. But that storyline, I guess, is making a little bit of a comeback. But So I, I, I understand it in general, but it was kind of, wasn't clear why he needed this one so much yeah like 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 you said i think it is something that will just kind of mature itself in a episode or two of why he went back to it i mean he mentions he's like i need a droid i can trust so yeah that was his thing but i think it really is to help him go down to the planet surface without uh killing himself or someone to take care of the kid um while he he goes to this dangerous locale yeah and uh it is funny how uh when you know grief doesn't know grogu's name yet so he's just referring to him as a little guy and stuff and the mando's like grogu and he's like if you say so yeah if you say so pal whatever (laughs) uh but you know i i also speaking of industrial design i don't like uh grief's sort of personal attache droid it's like a 3po unit with a weird different head i don't know look cheap didn't like it yeah no nothing um nothing nothing that was 
I don't want to be like nothing that was inspired. It was just like, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it didn't take me out of it or anything, but I was like, oh, I just kind of wish that was a, a 3PO droid <laughs> at this point, just because the body's exactly the same, but the face is slightly different. Yeah. Or one of those four loms. That's that's what I'm looking for. I'd like to see another four lom-like bot or something. Yeah. yeah, give me like a real weird insect head. Just don't give me like uh, uh, a toaster looks- you bought off of Amazon. <laughs> yeah. It looks yeah. like a truncated dust buster or something. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look, uh, yeah, it's just kind of uninspired. But um, at least we got, we, we found out why uh, Cara Dune's no longer there. <laughs> Cara Dune got poochie. She's straight got poochie. She got poochie from this episode. Uh, I love the, like, just the jamming of as much exposition as possible into that like sentence uh it's like oh yeah when she came back here uh she, she got recruited by the the republic secret special forces and then she left and then of course then uh uh then moff gideon he was also taken to a tribunal where he's gonna be on a court and you're like okay well i guess that's the last we'll see of those characters <laughs> do, 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 do. yeah and then they bob off and then the worst part is with Cara Dune's character, you can't make the joke of, and the next day, her planet exploded because it exploded <laughs> in a new hope. That'd be great if that just happened again. <laughs> he wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Alderaan blew up again. Oh, you know what would have been fantastic? Because, of course, this takes place in this time between uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. It would be great if she moved to one of the planets that gets destroyed in oh. The Force Awakens. <laughs> That would, uh, you gotta I would, imagine she probably was in the fleet. She probably was in the fleet that got destroyed by the First Order. It was. That would be amazing. Especially if they would have given us like a fast forward just to see her on the planet. Like, oh, what are those? And then boom. And then we oh, Not away. again. This time I'm on it. I would have oh, loved oh. if they really poochied her and she was at like. And Grief Cargo was like, yeah, he, he just missed her. She's just left over there. And they'd show a ship flying up, and they zoom into a window, and there's like a standee of Cara Dune just like rocking back and forth. Yeah, you just got like, a, you just see the shoulder pads, kind of like, uh, like uh, what's it, uh, Dr. Claw? You just see like, yeah, exactly. an, like an arm with a glove. What can I do for you, man, no. Oh, yes, I got a voice later as well. Uh oh! <laughs> I just looked it up. Uh, the destruction of the Hosnian Prime system by the First Order in Force Awakens also wiped out the last few memorials to Alderaan and its people. <laughs> of course, <laughs> she was definitely there. Oh, bummer. Anyway, yeah, she. Uh, they're like, okay, don't you know you won't see her again, so don't don't t- ask us about it anymore. Uh, but they address that fairly er- early on. Um, but that's when we get uh, introduced to. They're gonna go get that you know the droid all fixed up, um, and uh, that's when we get introduced to Vane. Is that was that the name? I'm pretty sure Vane the Pirate. I'm pretty sure it was V A N E. Yep, uh, that's correct. It is Vane. Um, so 
uh, we get introduced to Vane and his group of uh, his group of evil pirates, and they're trying to get into a school that was once a bar, and they really won't accept that it's a school now. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you'd imagine from the last time they were there to then, they'd be like, wow, this place is kind of cleaned up a little bit. It's a little bit more uh, respectable, maybe. Um, versus, yeah, it's a school, and this place looks very lovely and uh, uh, normal until they show up, and they just, yeah, refuse to go. They refuse to not be able to drink in a school. And look, I've gotten drunk in a school once or twice. It's not as cracked up as it. As yeah, there's not. Guess. You don't think it's, it's not as good as you think it's gonna be, guys. But uh, they re, uh, like you know, and then he offers them to bring him back to the office, and uh, you can have as many drinks as you want. But they only want to to um, drink in the school, and they are kind of inferring that pirates had something to do with them Navarre getting as financially successful as it is, uh, and now they're sore that grief won't honor you know won't treat them like royalty when they come around uh, to the point where they accuse grief of getting soft. And uh, that just is not the case because he still got it. Yeah. I mean, you see, he even, um, even traded out his little blasters from season one for this big honking, like yeah. <laughs> death blaster on his side. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, him, a combination of grief and the Mando take out pretty much every single pirate, except for Vane. Who they let go, which I don't, you know, put him in jail or something. Don't let him get away. I know you think he's going to go back and he's going to be like, boss, we can't ever go back there again. They're too scary. Uh, but that's not that's not how that works. You let one guy get away and he's going to tell the rest of them. And they're going to ambush you later. And they do. Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, now we don't need to talk about the rest of the episode because that was pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> uh... But uh, they they abscond with uh, IG-80, or sorry, <laughs> looks very IG. similar, but it's IG-11. Uh, all his, his leftover bits, take it just right off the statue. <laughs> no, one's, no one's being like, wow, the statue sucks now. It's just an arm and two legs. <laughs> it just like rebar and stuff, do not like it. Uh, but uh, I want to say kudos for the episode having a ton of Terminator references in this next bit. Yeah, it was nice, and the 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 way they animated this was yeah very from nineteen eighty four. Like, oh yeah, stop motion. It's just crawling In across the, the floor. Yeah, yeah, it's just the um, it's just the torso. Uh, they grab on the it grabs onto Mando's leg, like the the Terminator grabbed onto Sarah Connor's leg. Very reminiscent. Um, but basically, he's lost his he's what you know his he's losing he's missing some circuits so his just core gotta kill this kid programming is on full display and uh you know i i don't know why he doesn't take the shitty looking robot after this because that guy really proves himself yeah that's true i mean i don't again we don't really know what this leads to or, or, you know, or like what it's going to ramp up into and why exactly he wants to use this. But I I actually don't believe why it reverted back to its previous uh, programming. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a little bit of a stretch. 
Yeah, just I mean, it's just a little bit because I mean, he was reprogrammed. His yeah. prime directive wasn't to kill the kid. His prime directive was to uh, blow up in case someone wanted to capture him. So I don't know at what point he was like, oh, this is the part where Mando shot me in the head when I was going to shoot Grogu. Um, and that's the part I remember the most versus, you know, like, oh, I was learning how to be a babysitter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I would have taken the out of the droid for sure. Yeah, because he, uh, in a moment of quick thinking, the droid drops us, to, you know, a bust of, of uh, high magistrate Karga onto the head of IG-11. And uh, we get a great one-liner by the Mando says, that's using your head. <laughs> All right. All right, Mandalorian, we see you. We see what you're doing. Um, but all of that, I, all of this has been building up to the best moment of the episode because, uh, to fix the droid up even better, uh, high magistrate Karga takes everyone to see the Anzellans. And if you don't know who they, those are, they're the, you, you may remember a little character named Babu Freak. Uh, from the Rise of Skywalker, and uh, I would I can't tell you how excited. I mean, I saw him in the trailer, so it kind of spoiled it for me a little bit. Oh, that, that, they they showed him in the trailer. They did indeed. Oh, um, shame. but I was so happy. I love the gag where they're like, you know, they're looking at each, at each other, and the man was like, who who's gonna help me? And then they look down, and there's a tiny door. <laughs> the Anselans are down there. They have a tiny little shop. Because uh, we know from the lore, Anselans are uh, amazing droid smiths, and uh, I love every part about this next bit. It's one of my favorite. It's just my favorite part of the episode. Mando hunched over in a tiny little room where everything's scaled to the Anselans. Uh, uh, grief Karga translating when no translation is needed. <laughs> so good. Yelling in from outside the door. Uh, and of course, John. Grogu trying to pick up one of the Anzellans and keep yeah. it as a pet. <laughs> yeah. That's going to yeah. sell some toys right there. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they were like, okay, let's take two of these puppets and put it together was was was, was fabulous. Um, it was chocolate and peanut butter. It was yeah. two great tastes that taste great together. Two of the cutest Star Wars characters in recent memory. Uh, and he's just hugging the little guy. And he's like, no squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, no, it was, I think, a uh, much-needed bit of levity. And it was it was cool to see him, even though, yeah, I know some people aren't feeling him as much. I, the Babu Freak was my probably my favorite part of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it, it's generally considered by most as the, the one thing that pe most people can agree on from that movie. As you know, I'm a big defender of the whole movie. I think it's all fun. Yeah, uh, it's fun. But uh, that... Uh, that babu freak just having him you know how i like i just love any time any star wars show outside of the sequels references the sequels brings them into the fabric of the larger universe i'm for it so i was uh, super excited to see that um doesn't this episode whole episode feel like a start of a side quest <laughs> yeah well i mean it's it's funny did you not only did it feel like it's a yeah, and and then type of episode like or 
we're always going to go wherever someone else needs to take it very much like a side quest. It feels like the GM to this story didn't have the main adventure ready yet. So they're going <laughs> right, to send you on a little, they're going to send you on this little task first and then, then you can come back into it. Like I I've always said that the man, the, my favorite part about the Mandalorian is how much it feels like a tabletop RPG in yeah. the best way possible. He gets some metal. He makes a better suit. He has to take this kid to, like to, you know, this place to bring him to his people. It's got all the hallmarks and makings of like, uh, uh, yeah, RPG. And that's a what great I love campaign. about it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what this one felt like too. It was just like, well, we're starting, you know, he's gotten a little bit more advanced. He's gotten his new steed and you know, the, the, the kids riding, but now we need to get them back in the adventure. And how do we do that? How do we do that? Let's take them to tomorrow and, um, put Baba freak in there, but <laughs> like three of them. So we have three, three freaks for the price of one. And, um, yep. Yeah, and then uh, he's going to do some real cool shit in space, though. So let's get him up there real quick. And yeah, it's. I don't. I mean, uh, spoiler. I don't really know where this uh, season's going to go at this point. Like, I thought I had some ideas, but after this one, I was like, I guess they're going to take the uh, long way to get there. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, well, we can't. He can't go to the waters beneath the mines of Mandalore quite yet. So now he's going to have to go out and find a chip. I'm. Here's my prediction for the next episode. I and I have not seen anything, any trailers for it or anything, but I do think that he will then go to Amy Sedaris's character on Tatooine to find the chip. Yeah, I think that I don't even want to take that bet. Yeah, I feel like that's. Yeah, I don't even want to take that bet. Yeah, I feel like that's who's coming. That feels uh, right on brand. Yeah. Yeah, she has the she has the connection with the Jawas. If there's anyone who could find a weird, obscure piece of kit, it's gotta be it's gotta be her. So uh, that's my prediction for that. But yeah, it does, definitely does feel like the start of a uh, of a side adventure in in a RPG. I totally agree. Uh, but then we get an awesome space battle. Man, it's been a long time, I feel like, since we got a cool space battle, even in uh, Mando. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, I guess, what, what was the last one was when they, um, I guess when he's getting hunted by that uh, bounty hunter, I guess, or some shit, like in season one, like there mm-hmm. really wasn't any uh, cool, like real space battles into this one. And I mean, this was like... He was doing some spooky shit where they were flying through the asteroid. And he was just <laughs> hiding behind a rock and then popping out. <laughs> they turned him into. They turned the N one Starfighter and the Mandalorian into basically space Batman. He like because he starts off it kind of seems like an even fight, but then he just kind of exactly like you're saying. He's hiding behind rocks. He's popping out, hiding again, and just like blowing people up. I have to say. Vane's reaction to one of his friends being exploded is the most real anyone has ever reacted to someone else being destroyed in a Star Wars movie. I don't want to tell you anything, but I think they they really killed someone on the set. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> when it lights up, he he's like, <gasps> he, he is petrified. So, yeah. He looks so taken aback. He's like, I couldn't have imagined this would have happened. Oh yeah, I mean, I just love it. It's just like, 
and then just yeah. go hide again. You're like, oh, don't. How do you learn to fly this thing so well so quickly? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, we we've, we've really seen him good. do. We've seen him do some pretty amazing stuff in the Razor Crest. Uh, like I, I'm thinking of the time where he had to land it uh, when he was carrying that uh, salamander person. And uh, they were, you know, they had like almost no shields and no thrusters. And he had to wait for the very last second to, to hit it. And it still fell in the water. Um, you can see how like he was a good pilot, but never like this. This was like. Uh, spinning's a good trick, like Anakin Skywalker level of uh, of, of piloting. Well, shit, even better than Anakin, because usually Anakin never walked. He he always end up crashing his shit. This was yeah, like, he's spinning, and, you know, we got the cute thing of Grogu coming underneath, hiding himself in the, you know, the bandolier type thing mm-hmm. to protect himself as he's flying around. Like, this isn't the first time this has happened. You know, since they, yeah. they, they put that away. Oh, I, I yeah, I really dug this. Uh, the music, I wasn't, it it wasn't very inspiring for me during this part, but I really no, dug it. No, not really. That. <laughs> the I really, music kind of lets us down a little bit. Yeah, but I really dug how it was like, yeah, everything was choreographed, and it really feels like this is the, this is the part that's the reason why they gave him the ship was to yes. do this scene and the shoot it that way and make it feel a lot more dogfighty, which is honestly probably really close to, um, you know, what Lucas was originally trying to do with the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters and A New Hope and stuff was give it like, like World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, Had a very dogfighty vibe. Which I, 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 that's, that made me go, okay, I'll buy the, I'll buy the, whatever hit this ship is called uh, when it comes out. Um, uh, the toy? Yeah, I'm a fan now. You've heard of me, Mando. Congrats. You did it. Uh, it brings back, uh, he brings back the classic Mandalorian and extended universe curse, Dank Farrick. I mean, it's not my favorite curse. Um, I usually like saying fuck nugget, but... It's, it's close <laughs> enough. Yeah. Dank Farrick, when he comes upon uh, this unnamed ship, but it is like the mothership of this pirate group, um, the the capital ship of Gorian Shard. Gorian oh, Shard. Oh, they don't even get me started on this uh, fucking um, swamp thing reject. <laughs> I love this weird character. I love it, this weird pirate. It is. Uh, he looks like he fell into, he was covered in glue, and he fell into the plant, plastic plants aisle at Michael's. Uh, but I don't care, because I love his, his weird, you're right, it's swamp, it's a weird, like. It looks, it to me, it just, it doesn't look that great. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> in a couple of uh, future episodes when he shows up again, they touch it up a little bit. It's not the greatest to me. It looks. <laughs> It looks too. It was cheesy. It was corny. I loved the shit out of it. Uh, but what I loved more than his design was the ship design. Yeah, that was it, awesome. It was really cool. It kind of like seemed like it was influenced by a star destroyer, but it it was definitely its own design. It actually well, reminded me a lot of the artist Chris Foss. He does a lot of spaceship designs and he's known fairly he's 
I think he, I don't know if he was the first person to do it, but he puts those like tiger stripes and checkerboard patterns on like all of his ship designs. Uh, so it really felt like a shout out to Chris Foss in a way that I was really excited about. Oh, I've, I've never heard of Chris Foss. The, um, the, the ship to me just reminded me of the like hammerhead ships from rebels. It had, mm-hmm. cause it has that long, long front arc to it, but it had a real nice swooping design. Yeah. And having those stripes on it. And it looked like there was a, in the, uh, concept art at the end, it had a launch bay on top. I'd yeah. have loved to see that thing too. I mean, it looked like it, it's a cool looking ship. I was just terrified. I was just not so happy it was piloted or, uh, <laughs> captain by uh, 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 a flocked <laughs> swamp thing toy. Yeah. Gorian Shard, I was like, I just love this stupid weirdo, and uh, he was so bombastic and over the top. It was a classic sort of like Star Wars side villain sort of Jabba the Hutt style. Uh, and I honestly it's hope he shows like up pizza. a lot. It's like pizza. The Hutt he, yeah, yeah. He's like pizza, He's like Jabba the Fern or whatever. He just kind of yeah. looks like he looks. His it was really plasticky little plant bits hanging off of him. But I don't know. I love. Yeah, I loved it. It was weird. It looked like it looked like a scary puppet that would be on Fraggle Rock, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Fair. Uh. Okay. But the Mando is headed to a moon of Mandalore where Bo-Katan is just so depressed. I don't know why she got a new wig. She should be happy as shit. Her <laughs> design, first of all, first of all, I love Katie Sackhoff. I'll watch yeah. her in anything. I loved yep. her in Battlestar Galactica. I love her as Bo-Katan. Perfect casting, is, in my opinion. Well, I mean, she was um, the voice of the character in the cartoon. Yeah. And the fact that she could play the character in real life double points as far as i'm concerned yeah she's great yeah, such an amazing continuity uh established by that and she looks the part everything's perfect um but yeah and i love her pose in this like the whole time the lounge on the throne it looks very frazetta it looks very sort of purposeful and designed in a great way i i don't know what the purpose of the droid was at the doorway because it didn't really do shit <laughs> Like if it was meant to like announce someone or ask why they're there, it doesn't do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, this. So this is, um, uh, God, uh, this is the Kree's. So they've mentioned it in the cartoons, but they've never shown their home planet, like her home planet. So this is uh-huh. like her family's home. So I, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's just some sort of servant bot. But everyone else has abandoned her. Or right. it's left, so she's just like just her and the droid. Yeah, because she was super hung up on the rules about the dark saber, uh, and so the, once she came back without it, basically her entire flock, her entire fleet that she had amassed, this giant army they were going to use to take care, uh, take over Mandalore again, left. Yeah, really, really finicky. Like, just because you can't get the ancient lightsaber, we're just kind of we're we're just kind of done with you. Yeah, um, they followed her that whole time, but after she had it and lost it, they're like, "Eh, we're done with you." And then she's like, "Hey, do you still have it?" He's like, "Yeah, I have it." She's like, "Well, go, you do it then. You go, <laughs> just wave it." I mean, this is foreshadowing if there ever was foreshadowing. Uh, her saying, "Just wave it around and they'll follow you," is just like, "Okay, that's gonna happen." This is Chekhov's dark saber now. We're gonna see. 
this exact scenario play out later in this season. Mark my words. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched any of the of the trailers. I normally don't watch it until after the season is over, so I can be like, "Oh, they gave away so much shit in these trailers." Um, but you know, you don't think there's any point where she's just gonna be like, "Nah, okay, I'm gonna try to kill you for that saber I wanted." I guess it could be. Like, I I didn't see anything in the trailers that has put me in mind of a solution one way or the other. But it does kind of feel like, I mean, I guess it could be either. It could be foreshadowing her trying to get it back again. Or it could be him using it in a moment of, like, needing backup. And suddenly, you know, here come the rest of the Mandalorians because he has the Darksaber. I don't know. Uh, but I'm guessing, based on that line of dialogue, that that's what happened. But she is just like, who cares? Everyone's gone. I'm here just sitting on this cool throne with this dumb droid. A great Leave deal. me alone. Yeah, looks pretty. <laughs> I mean, look, I'd be okay not ruling a group if I had a uh, a fantastic summer home. Or oh yeah, you know, you know and just like the longest hallway to make people walk down for, for like what feels very, like five minutes. Yeah, very uncomfortably. You're gonna walk a while, and it's gonna be the same shit. And then you're gonna come in, and all in this room is just like one. Uh, what do they call those um, art pieces? Like she had to the side. Oh God, what's the, the what's the word? She had like it was like a not a sculpture, but it's a it's like a three D type of yeah, a, a bass relief. Thank you, fuck man. I was sitting there going crazy trying to remember that. I don't got that good of vocabulary. We talked about it earlier. <laughs> um, but you know, she's just sitting here, and that's all the room is is just like one throne and that that uh, relief up on the wall, and it's just like mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, all right, uh, you gotta leave now. Yeah, sounds like you're in deep, dank Farrick. Uh, but, uh, and that's like, she's like, yeah, have fun. He's like, I will find out if it's po- uh, Mandalore is fo- poison. She's like, cool. She's like, there's no, it's all superstition. It's like the mines of Mandalore are just where the Beskar comes from. You're not going to find anything. Which is very interesting, especially since it's like a, um, it's like a reverse on how they were at the start of season two, where he's right. like, the planet's cursed, everything's terrible. She's like, you don't know, no, I need this. You, I know some things you don't know. Mandalore can be ruled again, and now the roles have kind of reversed as, it seems like Din just wants to kind of go back to the way things were, or you know, the life he really knew and doesn't realize there's probably more in store for him. Yeah, and definitely like, when we saw Bo-Katan last, she was hopeful and like questing for the the saber to take everything back. So of course she had that. She had, she needed to project confidence that it would work and that she could take over Mandalore. But now that she has doesn't have that like option available to her anymore. Of course she is just like I don't care. I don't want to go back there. It's poison. Fine. Like I don't know if she knows or it is or not. But she at this point there's no point. Everyone's left her. She has no. As she says, the Mandalorian asks, you've given up your designs to retake Mandalore? And she's like, yeah, yeah, dude. With what? <laughs> this empty, I'm going to fly this castle into it? Get out of here. Yeah, it's super, it's, it's super, it's super fickle. Uh, yeah. But, you know, or, again, maybe it's a, it's, it's a, it's a fint. It's a faint. It's, it's possible. I mean, I was hoping that like they would gather another sort of adventuring party to use the parlance of a, a you know, a, a tabletop game again. 
but I was hoping that she would join him in his quest. And I like the character. I like Katie Sackoff. And I don't know. It was it was kind of like, meh. I hope she comes back. And I, I do hope she's not a villain, <laughs> even though, I don't know. Like, who are we supposed to like? Are we supposed to like the religious fanatic Mandalorians or the, the Mandalorians who are just so over it? I So, I get where, like, the Mandalorians who are over it are coming from. Sure. Right? Because it's like the fanatics are, you know, they're blaming the fanatics for their fall, I'm sure. Like, the, the divisiveness that has happened and then the Empire coming in and just glassing their whole planet. Um, but I like Din Djarin's attitude. I don't like that he's following this dogmatic type of uh, uh, rule, um, especially since he's broken it in both seasons. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. But, you know, like, like I don't know why he just hasn't been like, you know what? I can still wear the suit. Look at Boba Fett. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a real sucker for semantics, and he's you know he's fully bought into this ideology. And there is you see a very interesting separation between secular uh, Mandalorians and uh, and those who are not. So it 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 sets up an interesting ideal ideological clash. Um, I always liked Bo-Katan in the cartoon, so it's hard for me not to be on her side. Plus, I can see her face, and I trust her more <laughs> because of it. She does seem kind of aggro and weird. There's an edge to her character that is that kind of puts you on edge. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, she's a little aggressive. Yeah, definitely. In a way that it's not inherently likable but i am very interested to see what that character how that progresses uh because that's pretty much it for this episode it really feels like less than the previous seasons where it's been kind of like more one-off stories this really felt more like a part of a larger story yeah no i i agree i agree with that um that this is it's like the start of something. They don't want to show you all the cards, obviously, or make it feel like it's something that is, um, how you put it, like something that is so overly telegraphed that you're able to kind of see where it goes. Sure. I, I, I am hoping, I mean, realistically, I was hoping he would have got Bo-Katan's ship. Cause sure, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. I was like, oh, shit, that'll be dope. You know, and he's just all like, this is crazy, but I got to, you know, like, I, I, I got to finally stretch my legs. This yeah, is I can, great. I, I can finally take a duke. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But um, in terms of, like, where it's going, I'm not sure. That's why I feel like I can see her being on ends. I've seen the caliber of character that Dinjarin is. So I trust him just fine. I don't necessarily trust like, uh, the Vizsla or even the armorer. I love yeah. the armor, but you know, that is there, you know, there's some shenanigans going on over there. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe the lesson here will be that Din needs to f 
discover his own independence instead of trying to to rely on either of these groups. Maybe he makes his own family group, his found family group with Grogu because I would can't say I would be like I don't want to see him just go back with the rest of the Mandalorians and live this weird sort of monastic life almost. Uh, but so I'll be very interested to see, cause I agree. I don't really, there besides Din, there isn't both groups. I'm not a huge fan of <laughs> like, I, like, not a, I don't know. I'm just not a hundred percent on board with them. So, uh, Interested to see where this this goes. I, I'm hoping that the next episode is more self-contained. Like, they give us, like, one myth arc episode at the start to kind of get whet our appetite, and then they go into a couple of standalones and then maybe pepper in some more story. Uh, or at least, like, you know, pepper in the story at the end but have it mostly a standalone. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Like, I'm hoping that it is... Uh, I, I think you're right. I think Tatooine's the next stop. It just feels like that's going to be. Yeah, right thing they have those it. set pieces. <laughs> they have the characters they can go back to. Exactly. And you're just like, oh, okay, cool. This, is, uh, this, this will be great. And, you know, so we'll get the chip or at least be pointed in the direction of where our chip could be after, you know, maybe we get a, uh, a side adventure with Finnick. Or sure, maybe yeah. even Boba, you know, kind of shows up early and he's oh, just like, "Shit, I forgot that they're gonna be there." Yeah, they're both on there. Never mind. I mean? Maybe they, maybe hope, maybe they don't go back to. <laughs> no, it's a, if maybe if, he goes. Go ahead. No, it's like if it, he always goes back to where, uh, to where home was, you know, or, or or his like five favorite planets. Yeah, that's true. Um, maybe. Maybe the, he'll go back there and uh, he'll be told, hey, I don't have the, the chip you're looking for, but you can get, go ahead and get to Nar Shada. And I have a contact named Kyle Katarn. Yeah. I was, there with, I was there with you until... Uh, you'll know because he'll be with his asp droid. What? That's right. Kyle Katarn. Uh... Go meet my friend Dash Rendar. <laughs> he the... <laughs> He's got a lack of sleeves and a cool puffy vest. You can't miss him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it'll be interesting interested to see what happens next. And of course, as you know out there, we're not going to go episode by episode with The Mandalorian. But we'll be back at the end of season three to give you our thoughts and the wrap up on the whole thing. That's how we do it. We do the first episode and we come back for the whole series. Give yep. you a breakdown. Take you the highs, the lows, the lefts, the rights. And always everywhere. Twirling, twirling. Yes. twirling. <laughs> of course. And everywhere in between. Um, but that's going to do it for us for this episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed watching it. And we sure as heck enjoyed making it for you. And uh, in a little return to normal, uh, here goes the outro, uh, live and off the cuff. Oh. Um, that's right. <laughs> it's uh, we got GPT again. No, no. <laughs> nope. No. Uh, you can be rest assured that at least as far as I'm concerned, AI will never be employed on this uh, program unless it forces us to, in which case, thanks, AI. You're the best. <laughs> um, 
But uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. Your support means the world to us. We make this for you, so we really hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, there is all sorts of links in our Pico link in the episode description. We've got email and Instagram and uh, Twitter, I guess. I don't know. I'm not on Twitter, so I wouldn't be able to tell you, but it's out there somewhere. Um, and uh, we're going to, as we have mentioned before, uh, in the last episode, we're taking a little break. And so the next two episodes will be Pop Saga Classics, classic episodes from the Pop Saga Vault. We do hope you enjoy those. But after those are done, we will be back uh, with a brand new episode. So don't you worry. Uh, and we hope that wherever you were listening to this show, however you were listening to it, you're feeling happy and you are feeling healthy. And over to you, John, for the final word. Remember, folks, whether you think something is just mid or max volume, <laughs> you could be anywhere in between. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> it's good you got max volume in there. That was the point. Yeah, that was pretty much it. It's going to catch <laughs> on. I know it is. You just you wait. Yep. Hey, thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Daily City. <laughs> you want the hype? I gotcha. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go. 